And we're back with the Mock Draft Guy podcast. Man, we are nearing prime mock draft season. So I'm excited to jump back in this morning to another mock draft. We are going to be revisiting the Superflex style of mock draft. So before we get into it, I just want to address the big thing, big question, the elephant in the room. I know there's people out there that are saying, man, another Superflex mock draft. I don't play Superflex. This doesn't help me. Now, this leads us into our mock draft life lesson of the day, and that is that there are benefits in trying something new. Just like in life, man, there are benefits in mock drafting in new ways, even if you don't plan to ever get into a real league that follows those rules. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you don't have any plans on ever playing Superflex in a real fantasy football league. Well, here's the benefits of mock drafting for Superflex. We all know that oftentimes in your standard, your PPR, your normal leagues that aren't Superflex, oftentimes a QB just gets kicked to the back of the room right? There's no focus on it. It's all about the running backs, all about the wide receivers, all about those sleeper tight ends. And so often we just kick the quarterback away. Don't put any thought process into it. Just take who's ever highest on the board. Well, you see, when you do a super flex mock draft, what it does is it forces you to put more of an emphasis on QB. It forces you to think more about quarterbacks than you probably ever would if you hadn't done a super flex mock draft. So by doing these super flex mocks, it's going to put you in a position. So when you are in the eighth, the ninth round of your normal fantasy football draft, and it's time to take a quarterback, you're not just taking the next guy up. You're not just taking whoever's highest on the normal ESPN ranking sheet. No, you've been in these super flex mocks. You know what you're looking for when it comes to the quarterback so you can get that specific guy that you believe will be a difference maker for your team. Okay, so as we jump in to this super flex mock, again, we're doing a 12-teamer PPR super flex. So that's going to be uh, one quarterback, one or two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and then we're having that super flex spot, which can be either a quarterback running back, wide receiver, or tight end. But something a little bit different this time, which puts us, puts us in a little bit of a tough situation since this is a super flex mock draft, is that we're going to be picking out of the first spots. So we're in the one hole, which begs the question, you know, oftentimes in these super flex mock drafts, because there's such a focus on the quarterback, we see quarterbacks fly off the board. But after if we're picking in the one spot, it brings up the question, do we take a quarterback number 1 or do we punt because we know how far of a wait there is between that first pick and between our second pick. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to see how does our draft play out if I punt on quarterback in the first spot Instead, take Jonathan Taylor, who's number one on my board, uh, and see how our draft plays out. Okay, so we've taken the bell cow running back with the first pick. Now, drafting out of that first spot, we have now seen, what is it, 22 picks go off the board between our first 
and our second pick. So basically what you would expect, but what we're concerned about here is since I did not go quarterback with that first spot, and since this is a super flex draft and I'm going to be starting two quarterbacks regardless of the week, I'm interested in seeing how many quarterbacks went off the board between my first pick in the first round and then my next pick at the end of the second. So just looking, actually the second pick. So we went Jonathan Taylor first. Josh Allen goes off the board there in that second spot, followed by Christian McCaffrey. Another quarterback goes in the fourth spot, Lamar Jackson. We go running back, running back. Then we have two more QBs leave the draft, and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. After that, we have a run on running backs. Our first two wide receivers come off the board with Cooper Cup coming in the 12th spot, very end of the first round, and then leading the second round off, first pick, second round, is Justin Jefferson. We follow through that. Travis Kelsey drops all the way to the fourth pick of the second round, a little bit lower than I've been seeing him go, followed by another quarterback, Jalen Hurts, gone. We don't see the next quarterback taken until... 2-11, so right before us, Joe Burrow is taken. So now I'm in a spot where I have back-to-back picks. So it's good and bad when you have that first pick of the draft in a super flex uh, draft because you're going to have those back-to-back picks. You can lock down two players that you know you're going to get. There's no concern between picks. But what I'm trying to do here, since I went with that running back in the first round, I have to take a high-level quarterback, either with the second-round pick or the third-round pick. This draft works out perfectly for me because sitting at the top of my quarterback board is Kyler Murray. He's still available out there. I have him ranked above Joe Burrow, who just went before me. I have him ranked above Jalen Hurts, who was taken six picks ago. I even have him ranked above Justin Herbert, who was taken in the eighth pick of the first round. So for me, this works out perfectly. I can lock in Kyler Murray with the, the last pick of the second round, and then we're right back to the third round with the first pick. So right here, what I want to look at doing is I'm either going to solidify my running back core or take that high-end wide receiver. So right now, what I'm looking at is I'm going to be deciding between either Aaron Jones, running back out of Green Bay, the other two wide receivers I'm even considering in this spot, Tyreek Hill in Miami, new scene, new change of pace, or Mike Evans. I believe that Mike Evans could have the best season of his career this year. Uh, But I cannot pass up the opportunity to take Aaron Jones here. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in my two starting running backs. Here's my train of thought. Devontae Adams is gone, right? He's out of there. He's now a Raider. Someone has to take those targets. Someone has to fill in those plays. And I know everyone's high on Aaron Jones' backup this year, but I truly believe that even if Aaron Jones' workload is lowered by a small amount, the amount of passes Aaron Jones is going to catch from Aaron Rodgers is going to offset any decrease in workload he sees this coming year. So I'm excited about the potential for Aaron Jones. Now, here's where I'm running into a problem. It's my it's my fourth pick right? Fourth round, into the fourth round, it's back to me. And at the top of my board is Travis Etienne Jr. In any other situation, I'm taking him here and I'm not looking back. But that would put me in a rather tough position because I would have zero running back, zero wide receivers on the board. uh, And I'm only stuck 
with my one quarterback. So what I have to decide here is I have my pick 412 followed immediately by my pick 5-1. One of those picks has to be either a QB or a wide receiver, right? I have to fill in these starting lineups because running back depth, obviously we can all agree, um, is maybe the most valuable thing in fantasy football. But if I'm not filling in my starting lineup before I focus on that backup depth, I'm missing the point. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to go ahead and lock in that 412 pick and leave us with a tough decision at the 5-1. I'm looking at the quarterbacks that are available, and I have the opportunity here to lock in two elite quarterbacks. Now, when I get a quarterback like Kyler Murray as my first quarterback, I'm not opposed to waiting to the fifth, the sixth round to lock in that next quarterback and settle for somebody, maybe a Derek Carr, a ton of weapons, or someone around there. But I have Matthew Stafford still on the board here. Now, the reason I love Matthew Stafford, dude finished last year as the sixth highest rated quarterback. For some reason, this year he's going off the board around the 12th quarterback. Makes no sense to me. There's no reason that, that I can see where there should be any type of huge regression there. So if I can lock in Matthew Stafford, pair him with Kyler Murray, that puts me at such an enormous advantage on a week-to-week matchup basis that it's tough for any team to overcome that. So, okay, I've locked that in. That was the 12th pick of the fourth round. We turn around. We immediately have pick 5-1. So reviewing who I have on my team right now, we've got Kyler Murray in quarterback. We just took Matthew Stafford, who will fill that flex spot option. And then our quarterbacks are filled in with Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones as our running backs. Now, my next decision is going to be, do I take a wide receiver who I feel like is going to be a legit number one, or do I solidify the running back position and start filling in my bench? So if I'm going running back, like I mentioned, you'll look, there are so many family analysts, fantasy analysts this year that are high on Travis Etienne. He, he would be the choice for me if I'm going running back. When I look at the wide receivers still out there, Terry McLaurin is the no-brainer. Scary Terry uh, at Washington just signed a massive contract. If he even performs to half of what he's getting paid, dude's a value in the fifth round. But I'm going to try something different here. I'm going to go ahead and solidify my running back room, take Travis Etienne, and see if we can fill out those wide receiver spots with some sleeper picks later on. Here's the reason I love Travis Etienne. Trevor Lawrence needs a security blanket out in Jacksonville, and Travis Etienne has been that security blanket for him essentially his whole career. So now adding him to the team, I really think you're going to see him take that step forward. It should be interesting to see how he fits in with Jonathan Lawrence out there in Jacksonville. Okay, so the turn is back to us. We're filling out our roster. We're now at the back end of the sixth round, followed up by our first pick in the seventh round. So now I have no choice. I have to start filling out my wide receivers. And I'm looking at who's available as the quarterbacks just to think, what if we had passed on Matthew Stafford? Here's the top quarterbacks left on my board. We have Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, uh, Tua. We have Justin Fields. None of these guys excite me, so I'm feeling really good that we went ahead and locked in Matthew Stafford so we're not having to deal with having one of these guys as our starter on a week-to-week basis. So let's look at the wide receivers. Um, looking at who's available, top of the board, 
We have Juju Smith-Schuster out in Kansas City. He's an interesting one. You know, he's disappointed and burned me in the past. But being out in Kansas City, Cheetah's no longer there. Those balls have to go to someone. So you would expect Patrick Mahomes to pepper Juju with targets this year. So I'm considering him. Uh, looking at who else, an interesting pick right here is Detroit's number one wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, very interesting wide receiver there. I've been seeing him get a lot more attention in recent drafts. But what I'm going to do here, I'm going to go ahead and take Juju. That is risky, and it stresses me out thinking that he's going to be my number one wide receiver going into the year. But like I said, when we punt on wide receiver like this, we'll try to take some flyers later in the draft to hopefully hit on one of those so that if Juju does underperform, we have those backups in place to sub in for him if the situation calls for it. So we'll take Juju there. Again, right back to our next pick. We're at the first pick of the seventh round. And here's where it gets interesting because I'm considering filling in my tight end position. So Dalton Schultz still on the board, TJ Hawkinson still on the board. I've mentioned this before, but those two guys represent a huge break when I'm looking at my my tiers of tight ends. So after Schultz and Hawkinson go off the board, I'm basically confident punting tight end until the last say four rounds. I think I'm going to do that here because we're so thin on wide receiver. I think it's a smarter move to go ahead and continue to try to fill in wide receiver depth and then hope and pray and cross our fingers that a tight end drops to us. So what I'm going to do here, uh, seventh round, first pick of the seventh round, looking at our wide receivers, we've already talked a little bit about Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm going to go with a different wide receiver. Let's go with second-year man out of the New York Jets, Elijah Moore. So Elijah Moore over the games that he, the last half of the season last year, Elijah Moore was literally on fire. Dude was a top wide receiver in the league. He was a player that I had on my bench in multiple leagues that continually burned me over and over. But if he starts this season, anything like he finished the last season, he'll be a slam dunk. So we're going to put the New York Jets wide receiver, Elijah Moore, in that second wide receiver spots. Okay, so now we are at the end of the 12th round. End of the 12th round as we fill out our team. So quick recap, what we've got right now is we've got Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford as our two quarterbacks. We've got Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Travis Etienne as our running backs. Absolutely stacked. And then at wide receiver, we have Juju and Elijah Moore. So end of the eighth round, what we're going to be looking at here is I'm interested if there's any wide receiver that jumps off the page to me. I'm also considering filling in that tight end spot. And then finally, we'll look again at running backs. Uh, as far as running backs, let's start there. Top of my board, no one that really excites me. You've got Chase Edmonds. I guess you could say there's upside there now that he's in Miami. Miles Sanders is going around this 80p. I want no part of Miles Sanders in the eighth round. I would consider Miles Sanders, I don't know, 12th round, if that. So I'm not really interested in any of those running backs. I feel good about the three that I have. We can fill in some high upside guys later in this draft. Now looking at the wide receivers, there's one wide receiver here that I'm very much considering, and I think we're going to go ahead and lock him in, and that is Christian Kirk. 
Christian Kirk signing, basically starting a domino effect of huge deals when it comes to wide receivers, signed an absolutely enormous deal with Jacksonville. And here's the thing. The reason Christian Kirk got that contract with Jacksonville has nothing to do with his production in the NFL. If you look at his production in the NFL so far, sure, he's not been a bust. He hasn't been horrible, but he definitely hasn't played like the contract that he received. The reason they gave him that massive contract is because they see the talent. They see the ability. So Christian Kirk, brand new atmosphere. He's that kind of quarterback. Again, we talked about safety blankets for Trevor Lawrence. That's what Christian Kirk can be, a shifty wide receiver out of the slot. Dude's been performing ever since his days at Texas A&M, ever ever since his days out of Arizona in high school. So we're going to go ahead and lock in Christian Kirk. He can sit on our bench, but he's one of those players that if he performs like the contract that he was given, we'll be thanking ourselves that we took him at the end of the eighth round. So now we're sitting first pick of the ninth round, and I'm going to go ahead and fill out our tight end position. Once again, Dalton Schultz still on the board. The only other tight end I would consider is TJ Hawkinson, but in the recent days, I've actually moved Dalton Schultz above TJ Hawkinson on my board. So I'm going to go ahead and take Schultz, assuming that there's going to be more targets for him with Amari Cooper leaving the Cowboys. We'll hope and pray that Dalton Schultz has a big year coming up. All right, heading into the back of the 10th round, something you love to see, a few defenses went off the board in the 10th round. Nothing I and you should as well love more than seeing people wasting picks on defenses this early in the draft. And I'm I'm pretty happy that we went ahead and locked in that tight end position because the pick after us, Jake Hawkinson, off the board. So we've got our tight end locked in. No more considering or worrying about that. So basically now I'm going to be focused on running backs and wide receivers. I do want to lock in one more quarterback just because in a super flex league, the last thing you want to happen is to lose a starting running back. Scratch that. The last thing I want to happen is for me to end up with a quarterback going down in a super flex league and being stuck not being in a position to start two quarterbacks on a week-to-week basis. So eventually I need to take that third quarterback as an insurance policy going forward. But I'm going to wait on that until the 12th or 13th round. Right here, looking for running back or wide receiver depth. And who I'm looking at right here, I'm going to go another wide receiver. We've been heavy on the wide receivers, but I'm going to look at New York Giants wide receiver Kadarius Toney. If you've never seen a highlight of Kadarius Toney, you're missing out. The guy has all the shiftiness in the world, a playmaker. All he needs to do is have someone get him the ball. So we can just hope and believe that Daniel Jones this year will take a step forward and be better prepared to get Tony the ball. Great depth on the bench for our wide receiver position that we were nervous about at the beginning, but seems to be taking shape with some high upside players going forward. Okay, so now we are at the top of the 11th round. I want to take a running back here. I feel really good about the three running backs we already have in Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Travis Etienne. We're going to take uh, a handcuff, actually, to a player that we don't own, and that's going to be Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, who I believe is the most valuable handcuff in the league this year, if, in fact, Dalvin Cook does go down with an injury, all of a sudden, Alexander uh, all of a sudden, Alexander Madison turns out to be a top five running back 
on a week-to-week basis. So excited to have him right there. So now we're in the 12th round. 12th round. So I want to go ahead and take my third quarterback to stash on my bench. Now, right now, I'm looking at Baker Mayfield. Now, as the drafts go on, I know he's available in this mock, but I don't believe he'll be available at this time in other mocks as we go forward. We all know Baker struggles in the past, but this new situation in Carolina, right now he's being drafted around Davis Mills, Mitch Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo, around that area. Dude's a better quarterback than that. He'll produce better than all of those guys. There's almost no doubt about that. I'm going to go ahead and take Baker Mayfield as my third quarterback for the team. So now we have two spots left on the bench to fill out. We want those to either be running backs or wide receivers. What I'm going to look at here is I'm going to go ahead and take a running back, and then I'll swing back to the wide receiver uh, in the 14th round. And I'm going to take, let's see here, how about Kenneth Gainwell out of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know my feelings on Miles Sanders, not excited about it, but Kenneth Gainwell does have the pass-catching ability out of Memphis, caught a lot of balls. We know Miles Sanders probably is never going to turn in to the running back that we hoped he would be, but we can hope, this being a PPR league, if Kenneth Gainwell catches a few passes a game, maybe he has that value to sit on our bench and to occasionally be plugged in on a bye week situation. All right, our last bench spot, we'll fill that in. We're in the 14th round, very end of it. Let's look at getting another wide receiver. Uh, And let's see, out here there's not much to pick from, but I think I'm going to go with, let's see, how about, man, none of these wide receivers are too exciting. I'm going to flip it around and go another running back just to, again, make sure that position is as solid as can possibly be. Take Daryl Williams out of Arizona. Daryl Williams, only an injury away from being the starting running back. Again, has that pass-catching ability. When I'm in a PPR draft, towards the end of those rounds, if I'm looking to fill up my bench with running backs, I'm more concerned with can they or can they not catch the ball. Because at the end of the draft, sure, you want those flyers that could be boomer bust candidates. But for the team that I've assembled so far, I'm more concerned with making sure that I have someone with that high floor. So Darrell Williams, if he does end up stepping into a starting role, he'll catch some balls, he'll have that floor, not a bad position to be in. All right, that concludes our draft. Only thing left to do is to plug in a defense and a kicker. Remember, we always do that in the last two rounds. I'm of the belief that streaming kickers and defense week to week, unless you just have the absolute uh, steal or stud defense or stud kicker, I I stream those week to week. It seems to turn out better. So this is what we ended up with in this super flex 12-team mock draft, drafted out of the first spot. We ended up with Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford as our quarterbacks. Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones as our starting running backs. Our starting wide receivers, we've got Juju and Elijah Moore, tight end Dalton Schultz. And then on the bench, we've got Travis Etienne, uh, Christian Kirk, Kadarius Toney, Alexander Madison, Baker Mayfield as our third quarterback, Kenneth Gainwell, and Darrell Williams. If I'm looking at a weakness on this team, our running back room is absolutely stacked with Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Travis Etienne. But from there, the rest of the running backs are really people that I could see dropping after one or two weeks. So not a ton of depth when it comes to running backs. And then our wide receiver is basically the exact opposite story. There's no star power there, but there's a lot of people that 
could hit between Juju, Elijah Moore, Christian Kirk. You know, I, I have to believe that some of those guys will turn out to be the players that everyone expects them to be. And then finally, with quarterbacks, with Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford, I feel really good with those two guys leading our mock draft and leading the super flex team. So if I'm giving this draft a grade, I'm going to go with an A this time. I think this is our first A in a while. So I'm going to say A, a good team altogether, strong at the running back, strong at the quarterback, and decent at the wide receiver. All right, so that concludes today's draft. Remember to hit us up on Twitter. Search the Mock Draft Guy. Also, Gmail if you have a certain mock draft you'd like to see us do. Um, changing it up on the Gmail. The new Gmail account uh, is going to be Mock Draft Guy 12. That's Mock Draft Guy 12 at gmail.com. But until next time, happy drafting. Thank you.